and welcome to our podcast, friends. We're doing it, Matt. We're going to make a podcast. So uh, welcome to Ballot Boxing, where Matt and Christina, friends you don't know yet, talk about the Oscar Best Picture nominees. Usually Matt and I try to watch all 10 nominees prior to the Oscars airing, discuss them amongst ourselves. So now we're just going to record those discussions. Yes, drop in. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ride. It's it's called ballot boxing because we are going to verbally spar over the candidates. Discussion will be a plenty. Fantastic. Well, let's get started. Hi, Matt. Hi. That <laughs> so, was loud. Sorry. That was really loud. Yeah. So we did it. We've watched all ten. It's so exciting because we've never done that before. So thank you, podcast, and thank you, listeners. And speaking of you, listeners. Uh, due to overwhelming demand, <laughs> uh, yeah. we I, I built us a, a website. We have a website, and that website has all the places you can find us, all four places you can find us on the internet, as well as a contact us page, which includes not only our email address for this show, but also our Twitter account, on which I have tweeted exactly once. Tremendous. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, and the email address that we are using is thousand dollar productions pod at gmail.com i believe and the website address is the website address is bit.ly because the website address is actually like really lengthy and dumb so i shortened it with a bitly link so bit.ly forward slash thousand dollar productions and if you stick around after the end of this episode you will find out why we called it thousand dollar productions that's a that's an early matt and chris relationship inside story. joke yeah. yeah so we're gonna we'll explain that afterwards it has nothing to do with this podcast okay. so final movie we watched the banshees well let's be clear i watched the banshees of inishirin you watched it ages ago i'd seen it yeah a couple of months ago when it first came on disney plus and i heard it that's well, right i was cooking and you were watching and i i overheard most of the most of the movie and then you came up and said do you think you're going to watch this? And I went, absolutely not, because A, it didn't seem like it was my thing. The project wasn't on the horizon at B, that point. B, the project was not on the horizon. And C, the Oscar nominations weren't out yet. Right. So um, so I said no, and you gave me a synopsis. And then yesterday I watched it. Yeah, and you said that knowing knowing some plot going in helped you in your enjoyment of the movie. It really did. Yeah. It really did. So I, I, I'm a spoiler, right? Like I, if we're watching something and I feel like it's going in a direction I don't like, I will look up the parent guide on IMDb. If I'm watching something and I am not comfortable with, with something that's happening in the plot, I will look up a plot summary. Like I do not like being unpleasantly surprised by things. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm glad that I knew what the metaphor was. I'm glad that I knew, well, what maybe, what the content was. Too. What, what some of the content I can't was. remember the degree to which I'd spoiled it for you. Mm, pretty significantly, I yeah. think. But I didn't remember all of that either. Um, and I'm glad that I went into it knowing knowing what I knew. Right. So yeah. this is the least fresh I've been mm -hmm. on a movie. Mm -hmm. Everything else has been almost a reaction pot, right? Like we've we've seen it and then gone to the mic. within 24 we, hours. Yeah. So this one this one's had some time to marinate in my mind. Um, probably softened my criticism of it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about it. Um, generally speaking, I'd say this is another one. So this is. The third or fourth one in a row now that we've we've both liked thank god we ended on a high note because there was like a real yeah, real worried, unfortunate middle part yeah i was worried that we were just becoming so negative that yeah. it was going to turn people off I mean, maybe that's what people want maybe um but that's our, not, not really what we're about our race, <laughs> it's supposed not, to be a celebration not of, generally yeah of films yes um so yeah so i i'm gonna do the synopsis synopsis 
since I'm the one who has seen it most recently. Sure. It's okay with you? So we have Colin, Fra uh, Colin Fraser. Oh my God. We have um, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. That's where that came from. That was me, Brendan Fraser, and Colin Farrell. That was me getting that. Confused. Brendan Fraser's not in this at all. Well, just to be he's clear. not in this movie. No, he's, he's in, in another movie. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> moving on, Christina. Uh, so Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell and... Her name is Carrie, Carrie Condon, Condon and Barry Keown mm -hmm. in supporting roles. Okay. Are they both famous? Yeah. I did not know that. Okay. So. Carrie Condon was in um, Matchstick Men, nope. I want to say, um, many years ago, a Nicolas Cage movie directed by Ridley Scott. Sure. And Barry Keown most recently was in The Batman. Mm. Um, he that was also too? in Dunkirk. Um, I think I got forced to watch that. <laughs> yeah, your life's tough, right? It's really hard. <laughs> um, yeah, they're they're famous to people who uh, no, movies. and they're both like Carrie Condon's actually not as young as she appears. Oh no, she um, didn't seem young at all. Um, Barry Keown, I think, is still under thirty, mm -hmm. so he's sort of a rising star. Mm -hmm. He's um, the young guy. He's the young guy. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. So uh, they live on this island off the coast of Ireland, which is in nineteen twenty three, in the midst of one of its many civil wars, and uh, Brennan. Gleason, I'm going to screw up his name. Brendan Gleason, Colm, and Colin Farrell are best friends. And then one day, Colin goes to pick him up to go to the pub, and he won't speak to him. And Colin's very confused. And plays, we can talk about this later, but plays someone who might be a bit, like, slow, slow, intellectually yeah, challenged. I don't know about that. Um, and, uh, and so it's just like the adventure of him figuring out why... Why his best friends abandon him? Why his best friends abandon him, and the the, the goings on in this and, and little like, tiny I'll, town that they live in? Yeah, just to say, like, uh, just to add to that, that um, having your friend abandon you in a place where there's so little to do mm -hmm. makes it like the beauty of the place gets drained away, and it just becomes very desolate, mm -hmm. right? Like it's very bleak mm -hmm. if you're alone there, mm -hmm. which I think is um, an important aspect when we think about what happens with Carrie Condon's character. Mm -hmm. Um, so Carrie Condon plays Colin Farrell's sister. They live together in a house. Uh, Brendan Gleeson lives on his own with his dog. Colin has a donkey. All, like, seaside cottages, really. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Makes you want to move to. I was like, let's. I literally, while this was running, googled teaching in Ireland. I was like, will they take us like today? Will they give us a cottage? Will they give us a stone cottage that overlooks the ocean? Because if they are, we're on our way. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Are we spoiling this one? We spoiled the rest. Well, I think we can leave some of the specifics of what is what Brendan Gleeson is doing mm. out. I don't think we need to spoil. Spoil. Do we know what he's doing? Well, yes. Oh. He's like the self. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah, so the, the the things get weirder and weirder, and sort of more and more graphic as the movie goes on, and uh, and the the characters sort of uh, both, I'd say, change and alter and. Um, in the mean, in the meantime of all this story happening, you've got the civil war sort of, sort of happening in the background. It very backgrounded, yeah, mm -hmm. very backgrounded. I'd say that there's like a lot of Martin McDonough's films. I think we've seen them all. He did In Bruges, as you may recall. I enjoyed that one. Seven Psychopaths. Did not see that. Uh, also starring Colin Farrell, uh, and then Three Billboards Outside of Epping, Missouri, which did, was Oscar nominated. Did see that. Um, and this is his fourth feature. Is he a baby? Is he like 30? No, oh. no, he's, uh, I think he's in his 50s. He's a, a playwright mm. um, who has only fairly recently started 
in the screen game. Interesting. Like he's got about a 15 or 20 year film career, but he's got a, a career as a playwright behind, behind him before that. And um, that not unlike his other films, there's like a, a dash of violence mm-hmm. um, and some sort of grim, dark things going on. Three Billboards is really grim um, and really sort of humor's absent in that one. Mm-hmm. The others are intended as comedies. I think this is intended as a comedy as well, although it plays more like a drama. Within Bruce's first movie? Yeah. Mm, that was so good. Good for him. Um, it just, I want to call back to our... And Bruges is a lovely place. I think we, did yeah. we go to Bruges because... Of we... the movie. Yeah. Yes. We had a friend who recommended it. And also, it was in the movie. We yeah. We have to go there. And we climbed the tower and yeah. had hot chocolate and met a lovely couple. Mm-hmm. It um, was lovely. Yeah. Really great spot. Um, anyway, Pre-kids. Pre-kids. <sighs> Um, and I wanted to mention that I want to do a call back to our Top Gun Maverick episode, um, equally as we, as I went on a bit in that one about, uh, Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise having not aged and being a, still a beautiful ageless human, Colin Farrell, I can say quite, quite, uh, definitely has gone in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> like he's just, he's looking at age and maybe a little older and I get it. Like there, like he's had some issues in his past, whatever it's going to age you. But he, I really thought like, oh, he's looking a bit haggard in this movie. A little bit rough he's still handsome well, don't get me wrong but like the intention there this is like a very outdoors place rough place mm-hmm. um so i think it's like that might just be i'm not saying he's a god but he it might just be makeup and hairstyle oh, and so? costuming oh. that make him look a little more haggard oh, okay. i think he still cleans up pretty nice we'll see him at the oscars i was gonna say let's see him at the oscars I bet he'll be shining then mm, can't wait we're gonna I, well we're gonna go off topic i was gonna say we're gonna do like an oscar reaction i can do a whole episode by myself if you want about the fashion Oh yeah, yeah can't, can't wait! Can't wait for that. Okay, so that's the summary, and it's it's uh it's lovely, and it's really, I really really enjoyed it. Matt, what were your thoughts? I I really enjoyed it too, okay. and maybe we'll take a quick break, and I'll tell you all about it. Okay, let's do that. All right. We're back, and we're back. Uh, so Matt and I were just discussing in our commercial break there if anybody wants to sponsor us feel free um we did i want to talk about this we did get one we think uh and you better confess out there if you if it's not the case friends uh we did get one random itunes review yes five star and you know if you want to leave us a five star itunes review it really helps us get the message out there about our podcast i'm so flattered that anybody's listening i know anybody yeah even our friends and family we're very grateful i've been sheepishly starting to tell people i know like, I told oh, random... by the way, I, we have a podcast and people are like, really? And they're kind of interested. And I think they're just placating, right? I think they're just pandering. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's good for you. Um, but the, the idea that people are, um, are listening mm-hmm. to us is, I'm again, just so flattered. And I'm enjoying this so very much. I told a random woman yesterday at the Sally store in town. And she was like, what's it called? And I was like, oh my God, is this how it works? It was super cool. Well, imagine if like we utilize social media effectively. We yeah. have like. 15 regular listeners right that'd be yeah. super cool <laughs> uh we have 17 we have 17 followers on apple wow so that's, okay this is dull this like, is nobody dull. wants to hear okay. that okay um let's so talk about what's good in the movie in the commercial break matt and i were talking about that we are going to spoil this movie we've spoiled the rest if you don't want to hear spoilers tune out now and come back after you've seen the movie if you think it's going to be six months till you've seen the movie then keep listening because you won't remember yeah go ahead matt, i'm not going to hard spoil okay things i that might are, <laughs> things are good about the movie number one um and way out ahead yeah. of everything else in the movie is Colin Farrell's performance. Agreed. Agreed. He deserves um, that best, Os- uh, best Actor Oscar nomination. We didn't see... Yeah, it certainly deserves a nomination. We haven't seen... Um, 
three, three of, of the, the other five. nominations. I was looking nominees, at excuse all me. the categories. This podcast all over the place. I was looking at all the categories today, and out of all the categories, I think that best actor is the most varied and the like it's got the most amount of non-best picture best director nominees in it Mm -hmm. it's it's strange yes yeah yeah so colin farrell um i would say that he is among our most underrated actors Mm -hmm. um if you if you look at the some of the choices he's made he's done the big hollywood stuff Mm -hmm. um he's been in spielberg films um but he's also done uh some movies with yorgos lanthimos recently um, which have really sort of pushed him as an actor. He was in the Sofia Coppola remake of The Beguiled. Um, he's just always reliable, always good. And that's true here too. That um, first director you said, is that when he, The, the Lobster? Yes, that was such a The Lobster and the, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. And, right. Um, yeah, and those, they're completely bizarre mm-hmm. performances, but like he's just, he's always very good. So mm-hmm. I, I think in this, he's, he's subtly hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know a credit to the writing mm-hmm. of the director, um, and I think he's playing a guy not necessarily the slow, but that he's like right up against the limits of his intellect. Mm-hmm. Like he can't really process why Brendan Gleeson might be doing what he's doing. It's unfathomable to him, mm-hmm. and he's also somebody who is like his heart is breaking. In each scene, we see him. He's he's. Uh, falling further and further into heartbreak mm-hmm. and that he's he's grieving and mourning the loss of his friend and his friend is still there and he can see him so it's just so confusing for him mm-hmm. um and you know I, his relationship with his sister seemed really genuine mm-hmm. um they seemingly really cared for one another he's also um selfish in a in a relatable way mm-hmm. right and he's sort of self-involved and, and i thought that, that was just terrific and his like increasing frustration with what's going on and how he ultimately chooses to handle the situation um it was all totally believable so a combination of the acting and the writing i also thought that carrie condon in the supporting role as a sister was outstanding mm-hmm. um she lends gravitas to the whole thing she makes it seem real she makes that house seem plausible that he could survive like he he clearly needs her mm-hmm. um and i just thought like every scene she was in she was the best actor on screen mm-hmm. The cinematography, I'm sure, like you'd like to speak to this, but like we already said, you know, it's it's like a postcard for Ireland, mm-hmm. just absolutely lovely. Even though it's gray skies and you know, uh, it looks chilly. Mm-hmm. Right? It looks like those sweaters are a good idea, mm-hmm. although all that wool and tweed. Um, it's just so so gorgeous, and it's lit really well. Mm-hmm. With the, it's just terrific. The set design, the cottages that everybody lives in, look legitimate and not like overstuffed with nonsense, but just they look like sort of rough hewn mm-hmm. old old cottages that are um you know lit by stoves and lit by candlelight and warmed by stoves i should say and mm-hmm. you can almost smell the cooking mm-hmm. you know? yeah. i read yeah. something interesting on imdb which is that uh in all of the scenes with colin farrell the they chose purposefully to have behind him the 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 um landscape behind him be flat and gray and dull and behind uh, Brendan, it would be behind Colm, his character, it would be like mountainous and greener. And they did that on purpose so that when you're watching Colin, you're thinking, oh, it's sort of dry and boring. And when you're watching Brendan Gleason, you're like, oh, this oh. is exciting and interesting. That's interesting. Whereas I found it to be the opposite. Yeah. I thought, we, you can keep talking about the the acting, but all the acting is great. Yeah. I think the casting generally yeah. was really good. Yeah. The I guy just... that's playing the, the local constable, mm-hmm. who's Barry Keown's father um 
was good as mm -hmm. sort of a villain. Good as a bad guy, yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, considering the nudity, he did pretty brave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the, uh, I, the other thing I liked, you know, it's grown on me, is the ambiguity of the message. I think this is where we can talk about, like, what the hell it means, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I Initially, my take was not to think of it as a really on-the-nose metaphor for the Civil War, mm -hmm. um, which I guess people are saying in their reviews. My initial response was that it was just about art. Mm -hmm. It was about, you know, Brendan Gleeson being convinced his character's Colm, mm -hmm. convinced that the only way he'll ever be a profoundly great artist would be through suffering. Mm -hmm. And the only way that he knows to suffer would be to deny himself his friendship with uh, Padraig, I think, is Colin Farrell's character. Am I mistaken on that? Mm, yes. I think. Mm -hmm. We have to delete that. <laughs> or edit that but uh, so it's it i think it it makes it all the more heartbreaking to think that brendan gleason is he is as in love with colin farrell's character as colin farrell is with him mm -hmm. right and they do they've spent their lives together they're very happy together mm -hmm. um and uh the the idea of yeah patrick mm -hmm. the idea that he's the only really way, the only way he knows to hurt himself would be to deny himself this friendship. Mm -hmm. So something it says that the, what's being done is profound. Mm -hmm. um, and then ultimately when Brendan Gleeson, not only does he deny himself, but then he starts causing himself physical harm mm -hmm. by, and this is the big spoiler, mutilating his hands, mm -hmm. um, which makes so little sense given that he plays a fiddle. Like it just didn't make any sense no, at all. Um, and honestly, I think like he could have been doing other things. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be like Vincent Van Gogh, mm -hmm. right? In, in terms of self mutilation, um, I'm, I'm not sure. He was he insane? Is another question I had. Like he's otherwise totally lucid. Yeah, no, I I don't think you can cut off your fingers and and say that you're not. Insane. But he doesn't do anything else that's insane, except for cut himself off from his best friend so that he can be remembered for his music. Right. Like it Which just, wasn't even... No. Was it improving? I, I don't think so. And no. even if it is improving, like, you're on an island. Like, is someone going to find your manuscript and, like, public... Like, just, well, that was his hope. That yeah. was his hope was, like, a hundred years later. Yeah. Somebody would speak his name. Because he knew it. that the path that he was on was... He was never going to be remembered if he just sat around in the pub yeah, I just thought sharing stories about what was in donkey shit. Character was, like, self-important and uh, and striving, striving beyond his means. Right. What's the word? There's a phrase for that. There's a cliche for that. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. I'm drawing a blank. I'm all right. sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so the other the other reading of it and the message is that it's an allegory for the Civil War, mm -hmm. right? That here we have two people who had spent their lives together amicably, and then suddenly, for no real reason, mm -hmm. they just start hurting each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the end, nothing is gained. Mm -hmm. Everybody loses something. Everybody gets a little sadder. Mm -hmm. And nobody wins and, and so that's, people end up mutilated yeah and that's mm -hmm. what civil war does it drives people away mm -hmm. um and it makes strangers of, of friends i have some thoughts on that but let's cover them after the break okay okay we're back um so i in a, in a break from our usual tradition where I do all the talking, um, you actually made some copious notes on this film. So I did. Why don't you take the mic and, and I'll let you cook for a little while. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Uh, so I did take notes because I I went into this thinking it was going to be really boring. 
and uh, taking notes helps me engage. Thank you, staff meetings. Um, so going into it with the idea that it was a metaphor for a civil war really helped me to kind of like understand it and have it not quite feel so slow. Um, I thought that, I thought that the, I know a lot of people are saying it's this direct metaphor for civil war and I agree with them. Uh, I think you're, I think that it can be both. I think it can be a metaphor for civil war as well as making a statement about art and the nature of art and maybe what war does to art, right? I think it can also be uh, a meditation on loneliness and like what living in that kind of place can do to a person or the reliance that you, you know, you end up relying so heavily on your friends and your family. Um, I thought that like, the, after, spoiler alert, when, when um, uh, Colm cuts off his fingers, he, he delivers them to Colin Farrell uh, in a in a pretty direct way and Colin Farrell has this one donkey that he's very fond of that he lets in the house named Jenny and Jenny's this like lovely little miniature donkey and she ends up eating one of the fingers and choking and dying and I just thought like there's a whole bunch of little moments like that where you can just take the direct message out of it so that one is like you know that that your actions have consequences that just because you don't want to see your friend and you're going to do this ridiculous thing to yourself um, doesn't mean that lesser creatures aren't going to be affected by your actions. Mm. So I thought that that was obvious, but important. And I don't mind obvious things because then, you know, you understand them. Um, near the end, when Colin smashes the mirror, I thought like, oh, that's the, again, obvious, right? That's the, that's his breaking point. That was all he could take. And that that's the moment that he realizes he's not just, he calls himself a happy lad all through the movie two or three times. And I think he actually was a happy lad until he lost these things. And so I thought that that, again, obvious metaphor, but I liked it. Um, and then I thought, I wonder what the timeline of this movie is. Like, it seems like it's like three or four days, but it's three or four days enough time to build murderous hate in your heart. I don't know that it is. No, I think it was more like weeks. Yeah. I th I, that was my impression. Okay. Yeah. So, so even so weeks, like, I don't know. I don't know if you started being mean to me, if in three weeks I'd be ready to, to kill you. You'll never find out. Well, there you go. <laughs> Um, some quotes of it that I really liked were, uh, well, one in particular was some things there's no moving on from. And I think that's a good thing. Like that would be something I believe in, right? That there's, there's such a thing as forgiveness, but there's, you don't need to forget, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's a, a fine model to live your life partially by at least. Um, the one character that I would like you to talk a little bit on that is the old lady. There's, there's this like ghoulish old lady in the movie who I, I was like, is she representative of God, of death? You thought maybe she was the, a banshee, like a temptress. I I just thought she was well, like, yeah. uh, like predicting the future and maybe not, um, I don't know, just maybe maybe not as important as the island makes her out to be. I thought the degree to which Colin Farrell's character wants to avoid her is mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. um, because they're diametrically opposed to each other. Mm -hmm. if, if he is the personification of happiness and optimism, mm -hmm. she's a miserable little crone. Mm -hmm. And she, at one point, is trying, it seems, to tempt Carrie Condon to drown herself. Mm -hmm. Like, to, to try to swim across a lake. And she sort of revels in people's suffering mm -hmm. and seems to be happy with what's going on. Um, she's the only character in the film that approximates what a banshee is, mm -hmm. which is like a shrieking she-demon sort mm -hmm. of thing, right? I, I, I don't know what she represented, mm -hmm. um, other than maybe, like, the worst instincts in us mm -hmm. um and that this, she's like hiding behind walls and, and surprises everybody all the time mm -hmm. um i thought that that maybe it's just on the surface level i'm 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 probably missing something more symbolic about her character mm -hmm. um and i didn't think of her as being either good or bad in the film and it was indifferent to that particular element of the story 
um, because it wasn't wasn't particularly clear. There's one scene <clears throat> where Carrie Conan is leaving, so she leaves the island for a job, and Colin is is standing at the top of the cliff waving, and the old lady appears bes- beside him, and the camera pans so that you can't see her again; you can just see Colin. He doesn't notice her there. And when it p- starts to pan back, I thought, oh, she's going to be gone. Like, she actually is a ghost mm-hmm. or some sort of, you know, like, spirity thing. But then she's still there. And I really feel like that was purposeful. I think that I am I would not be alone in thinking she's going to be gone when the camera well, pans that cam- back. Yeah, that camera move, is that to tell us, no, in fact, she is real? Mm-hmm. To, to ward us off the path to thinking that she's some sort of spirit? Mm-hmm. You know, malevolent creature? I don't know. I don't know either. Can you make the case that it's best picture, Matt? I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that, you know, the combination of the beautiful scenery, the really strong performances, the excellent casting, the fact that it's as well written as it is, mm-hmm. the dialogue is is occasionally very funny, but it's also very touching. It runs the emotional spectrum um, and without being overwrought mm-hmm. in any way. Um, and that there's elements of it that are symbolic or allegorical, right? And that it, it warrants a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that all could lead you toward the conclusion that this is a best picture this is a legitimate nominee mm-hmm. certainly this is if in the old days they only used to nominate five films if there was only five films to be nominated this would be in the five what else would be in your five matt well uh <laughs> i'm glad you asked so i, I can finalize my list at this point because yeah. we've seen them all mm-hmm. so should i work from the bottom up sure okay uh bottom number 10 is elvis number nine would be avatar mm-hmm. number eight i have fablemans Number seven, I have All Quiet. Number six, I have Triangle of Sadness. Number five, I'd put Top Gun. Number four, I'd put Banshees. Mm-hmm. Number three, I'd put Everything Everywhere All at Once. Number two is Women Talking. Very closely behind I, what I think is the best of these 10 films, which is Tar. Now, mm-hmm. does that mean that I think that Tar will win Best Picture? Mm-mm. No, um, I don't. I think that Everything Everywhere is the likely mm-hmm. one to win. And I'm cribbing here from... Uh, you know, the podcasts that I listen to and the things that I'm reading online. Oh, let's name drop. The- let's name drop. We're cribbing from Amanda Dobbins and Sean Fennessy and he's still my beating heart. Wesley Morris. Yeah. We love you, Wesley Morris. We actually thought about our next podcast being called We Love You, Wesley Morris. So it's not going to be called that, but we almost did it. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting. I, I can't believe Women Talking is is your second and I can't believe that Top Gun's all the way at your fifth and I can't believe you put All Quiet uh, below Triangle of Sadness. I think you're forgetting what you said about these movies. No, I just think that like what I'm remembering mm-hmm. matters. Yeah, of Tar it does. Tar has has stayed Lingered. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Women talking, some of the images of women talking, I haven't been able to shake loose of, mm-hmm. and the acting performances in that are so bloody good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, there's you could easily have nominated every one of the women in an acting or supporting acting role, mm-hmm. um, and I, everything everywhere I've seen twice. And, you know, I didn't, uh, when I, when I first, when we saw it in the summer and I first reviewed it on, on Letterboxd, I was effusive with praise. It was just, it's a, it's a feeling movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that like something that is that difficult to describe is, um, I don't think I'd put it at the top of the list. I like that tar is a little more straightforward. Okay. Um, so that's, that's how I have the list. You have, disagreement with me on any of this i feel like i'll come back next time with my list i think i need to think about it i didn't realize you were going to have your list ready for today so i will come back next time i'll leave our listeners waiting with bated breath okay 
Um, I wanted to finish with a couple of quick questions. I'm ready. Is this, is Banshee's Venture and Martin McDonough's best film? Well, I can't really say because I haven't seen them all. Is it your, is it your favorite? Of no, Inverge is seen? better. But the only one you haven't seen is Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, which I doubt I would like, um, <laughs> based on the title alone. But no, I, I like Bruges better than I like this, although I still really like this. I just really loved Bruges. Mm. I mean, you don't travel to the city that's in the title if you didn't really love the movie. Sure. Uh, is this your favorite Colin Farrell role? I was just looking at Colin Farrell roles online, and I think no. But I couldn't tell you what was. So I would say that my favorite, and we're just about to run out of time here, is Tigerland which is way, way back in his filmography. Mm -hmm. uh, it may have been the film that sort of he burst on the scene in. I was um, going to say phone booth. I was honestly going to say phone booth. Ooh. I love that movie. It's so entertaining. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with our final thoughts on everything. Okie dokie. Okay. I was just during the during the commercial the tiger, break. Tigerland was 23 years ago. Ugh. My goodness, that sucks. And I feel like he had kind of a bit of a a lull for a bit, right? And then has kind of burst back on the well, scene. That, I think that lull coincided with sort of peak substance abusing. And he has a partying. son that I feel like has needs, has special needs of um, some sort. I don't know that. No, he does for okay. sure. So I think that he was being a dad for a bit too, and dealing with some yeah. some other personal stuff. Anyways. I'm glad he's back, and I'm glad that uh, Banshees was so, so yeah. damn good. I've been enjoying his performance um, in the North Water. I've been watching that mm -hmm. on the side um, recently, and, and he's like, he's unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. He he gained a ton of weight, grew a great big greasy beard, mm -hmm. and uh, totally believable as a psychotic whaler, harpoon master cool. uh, in the Arctic waters. Really, really cool. Amazing. Uh, so, okay, so that's that's our 10 movies. Um, we are going to do a couple more episodes between now and the Oscars. We're going to try to watch maybe a few more nominated movies, uh, maybe some of the shorts and maybe uh, maybe some foreign films, maybe some documentaries. They're all findable. Um, and then and then we'll do our uh, our our Oscar ballots closer to the actual oscar day okay. so you have a few more episodes of this series to look forward to folks yeah. <laughs> look forward to yes that's it and as a final plug don't forget our website is bit.ly forward slash thousand dollar productions all one word all lowercase and spell out the word thousand yeah we'd love to hear we would i, I especially would mm -hmm. uh love to hear from from anybody that's out there <laughs> be super good any any notes positive or negative would be uh very welcome and i was right about the email it is thousand dollar productions pod at gmail.com and if you want to follow us on twitter it's also thousand dollar productions pod uh at uh, just uh, you know on, on twitter you can put that in there and we we will pop up at ballot boxing pod oh oh it is it's at ballot boxing pod that's right sorry okay. uh so at ballot boxing pod on twitter and on for email it's uh thousand dollar productions okay all right um we'll see you next time Okay. Bye for now. Bye.
Okay, so thanks for sticking around, friends. $1,000 production. Post-credit. So we have our story about why we call it $1,000 Productions. And this has been like an ongoing inside joke with Matt and I. So Matt, we were just talking in the break how, or like before, um, if we remember this story the same way and we don't think we do. So what's your story? Well, I don't remember it as a particular story. I just remember it as like a series of anecdotes Mm -hmm. when we were first dating Mm -hmm. that you used to be very sure about certain pop culture facts. Yes. And I would say to you, like, like, no, you're 100% wrong on this. Mm -hmm. And then, like, we would say, well, do you want to bet on it? And I'd say, yeah, like, I would bet you $1,000 on this that you're <laughs> wrong. But do you remember the first time you said it? No. Oh, oh. it was about, um, it was about Billy Joel. It was. Singing some song that you were sure Billy Joel sung, and it turned out it wasn't. Yeah, it was, um, no, uh, yeah, it was, um, um, the guys from Jersey Boys. Four, four seasons. The four, four seasons, yeah. Um, what's the lead guy from the four seasons? Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley. And uh, it was Sherry, I think. Or Big Girls Don't Cry or something I like was that. absolutely sure that it was by Billy Joel. And you were like, this is not Billy Joel. And I was like, yes, it is. It's totally Billy Joel. And you were like, I will bet you $1,000. It is not Billy Joel. And I was like, fine. So we went home and like, I don't know, asked my dad or whatever and like looked it up. And sure enough, not Billy Joel. And so then you were like, you owe me $1,000. And then that's why I married I like, you. So I didn't have to pay you $1,000. Yeah. Now our bank accounts are the same. <laughs> but, like that was, the, that was the period in history where like everything was available on Napster or, or uh, LimeWire. Lime but it was all misattributed. Yes. So it was like, oh, yeah, this is uh, Enter Sandman by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and um, I really should have known better, though. Yeah, I yeah. just thought you were being cute, frankly. But I then wasn't. when we made dumb. in those days, all, like a quarter of a century ago almost, it feels <laughs> like, um, we used to make burn CDs for each other and then we started putting the logo $1,000 Productions on there. That was you and you did that. And that's, yeah. So it's lived on. Yes, lived on into into a podcast now. Yeah. Okay, thanks for listening to this dumb little story, friends. <laughs> <laughs> anecdotes. Bye. Anecdotes. Bye for now. Bye.